Welcome back, readers. Time to wrap up one of my favorite books of all time, Anything But Typical by Nora Raleigh Baskin. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to keep this uh, up now that we're at the end. I will be deleting this, this book, these chapter installments at the end of May. So I hope you get to listen to it. I know it's about three hours altogether worth of listening, but hey, pace yourself. We got to wrap up this conference. We just found out that um, the instructor in the first class that Jason's mom signed him up for is, I believe it's the writing nonfiction or fiction, but it's the dwarf. Chapter 31. Our dwarf instructor from turning facts into fiction is named Hamilton. What is the most important part of a writer's body? He asks the class, which I think is kind of interesting coming from a dwarf. He wrote his name on the dry erase board that stands beside him. Hamilton. I don't know if that is his first or last name, but that's all he wrote. Maybe it's both. Hamilton. Hamilton. By this time, four or more people have come into the room. None of them is Rebecca, but now another woman is sitting at the table with me and my mom. She is the first one to answer. She raises her hand, but she just starts talking at the same time anyway. They're heart, she says. Good answer, but not the one I'm looking for. Not the most essential. There are lots of writers with no heart at all. Some people laugh, but I don't because that is true. I'm listening. What is the most important part of a writer's body? Someone else says, hands. Someone else says, your brain. Then, fingers, eyes, ears. Think about all these things. I know my brain is different from most people, from NTs. I know my hands sometimes fly around the room like they have something to say all on their own. I hear things differently. My eyes are different. I see things and I don't see things. But I can write. I know how. So I jump out of my seat. I stand up. All of those things are loose inside me, like letters of the alphabet that have no meaning until they all pull together in one particular way that no one else can do. In one moment, in one voice, that is mine. My bottom, I say out loud. And it gets very quiet in the room. Everyone stops calling out answers, and they are all looking at me the way they do in school sometimes, just before everyone starts to laugh, like in art class and in gym class, not the nice kind of laugh. My mother is looking at me, too. She looks like she will punch anyone who laughs. But Hamilton, the dwarf teacher, says, Exactly! He points right at me. You've got to sit down on your bottom and write! Writing is all we have, he says. I don't look away. I look right at him. All we are, all we can be, are, are, are the stories we tell. And he's talking as if he's looking only at me. Long after we are gone, our words will all be all that is left. And who's to say that what really happened or even what reality is? Our stories, our fiction, our words will be as close to truth as can be. No one can take that away from you. Nobody. We see Rebecca Stone one more time before we leave Dallas, Texas. It is at the party that same night for all the storyboard conventioneers. 
My mom had packed me a blue jacket, white shirt, and khaki pants. I like how I look, but I'm not very comfortable. My mom doesn't even tell me to loosen my belt. I have already thought that Rebecca is probably going to be there too. Almost ready, my mom calls in the bathroom. I stand in front of the mirror looking at myself. I try to make my face as still as possible. I try to look at who I am. But a mirror is not a true representation of a person. It's not. It's a reflection. It is the reverse, a pure opposite. They say if a person really saw their own face, they wouldn't recognize themselves. Even a photograph is not a true representation. It is only two-dimensional, while human beings are three-dimensional. We never really see ourselves the way other people see us. I'll just do the best I can. Rebecca walks right up to us at the party. She doesn't put her hand out, but she says, Hi, Jason. She has a nice voice. I say hi back. Did you go to any of the workshops? I did. It was great. I just, I wanted to tell you something. And my mother says, I can go get something from over there. I'll be back. I'll be over there. And my mother leaves. I want to tell Rebecca about Hamilton and about the workshop and the flyers and about my bottom. I want to ask her to be my girlfriend. I want to tell her that she smells like strawberries and baby powder, and I can't say anything. I think I know what she will say anyway. She will say no. I like your stories, Jason. When you get back home, I hope you still write me sometimes. I hope I can still send you my stories. You really helped me. Did I tell you I got an A on that story you helped me with? Oh, gotta go. There's my mom. And Rebecca walks away from me. And that's my story. Chapter 32. On the plane ride home, my mom says I'm wrong. She says the instructor was not a dwarf at all. He's just short, Jason. Not all men are tall like your daddy. Mr. Shutback, he wasn't a dwarf, Jason. I'm telling you, he was just short. Dr. T is. He was just short. Believe me. Uncle Bobby is, I tell her. Oh, fart on Uncle Bobby. Hamilton is not a dwarf, I promise you. He's just a little short. The flight attendant says they don't have Dr. Pepper. My mom knows what to ask for next. I am already having trouble enough in this little seat because the man next to me is so close. He smells like B.O. or cheese. I have to turn off my smell button so I can just breathe. Sprite? Why, yes, ma'am, we do. The snap of the can, the scoop of the ice. Oh, no ice, please. My mother says, sorry. No problem, man. Here you go, young man. I like this lady, and I like that my mom takes care of me and that I can take care of her. I think I can breathe very well now. Just before the plane is going to land, I can feel it tugging at the inside of my body. I can feel it pulling me down. I can feel the pressure inside my head and my stomach. The pilot tells us we are at a lower altitude and that we will be on the ground in 20 minutes. My mother told me my dad and Jeremy will be waiting at the airport. I'm excited. I would like another Sprite, but the flight attendant is not here anymore. Jason, my mother says to me, 
I want you to know this trip has been one of the best things I've ever done. I hear her. It's easy to listen with the wild drone of the plane. It is like a giant vacuum that sucks up all the other noise. Nobody even hears when you pass gas out loud on a plane. All this time, I thought I was supposed to be teaching you. I was wrong. She takes a tissue out of her pocket book. I thought you were supposed to learn how to get along without me. (laughs) I know my mother's crying again, that kind of cry when she watches TV. It's not really sad. It won't last too long. But it wasn't me. It was me all along. It is me who needs you, Jason. You've taught me so much this trip. You've taught me about being brave. I don't know what she's talking about. If my father were here, he wouldn't be doing this. He wouldn't be talking so much. Not at all. He sure wouldn't be crying. And that would be better, but it's okay. That's what my mom is like. She can't help it. We all have things we can't help doing. Manu's story has a kind of happy ending, too. Maybe not happy, so to speak, like happily ever after, but okay, because I didn't want a sad ending, and I didn't want an unrealistic ending, and because life is kind of like that, you don't really know how it's going to end. Hamilton told us that writing is a process. It doesn't always come out right the first time. Right. 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 Like life, he said, but in writing, you get to fix it. You get to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite until you have the exact words you want. So first thing when we get home, I turn on my computer and revise my story. Benet wakes up in the morning of his scheduled surgery before the driver shows up to take him to the hospital. He lets his little feet hang off the edge of his bed and he wiggles his toes. He takes a great big stretch and reaches his hands up to the sky. Then, Benu hops down and fixes himself a little breakfast, no pun intended. When he can't reach the toaster to get out his bread, his friend and roommate, Joshua, gets it for him. He has a little trouble reaching the knobs in the shower, but he has a plastic stool he keeps in there, so he steps up onto it when he needs to turn the water on or off or to adjust the temperature. All the while, Benu is certain that while he went, what he's going to do about his surgery. He's made up his mind. After his shower, Benu drives off and then goes into his bedroom to take out the specifically made clothes that fit his body. He pulls his belt an extra notch and he takes one final look at himself in the mirror. Then, Benu goes to the doctor's office and this is what he says. Sorry, doc, I changed my mind. This is who I am. This is me. So you go out there and you do you. You do you like nobody can, readers. Thanks for listening.